0: Hi, Paul Lovejoy here. Before we get started on this episode, I first want to acknowledge that it has been five months since the release of my last episode. Now, I have finished recording most of these episodes almost two years ago, some of them over two years ago. While researching this podcast, I had an aha moment about how crowd investments are these wonderful democratic vehicles of change and have focused my time, effort, and energy on crowd investments and the effects of them in my investment advisory firm instead of working on this limited series. I also have a new podcast called The Crowd Effect with episodes Monday through Thursday. The remaining episodes of this limited series I really wanted to improve upon, but I just don't have the time now. So I'm going to release the remaining ones as is. So without further interruption, here is the Stakeholder Enterprise Limited Series Podcast. I don't participate in the national debate anymore because the one thing I've never heard anyone say is, I stand corrected. The only minds we have control over changing is our own. The very best we can hope with others is to inspire them. And the most effective way to inspire is with love, authenticity, and by creating in an environment where people are willing to listen to what you have to say. If you're tired of all the blaming and political gridlock, If you're tired of waiting around hoping others will solve society's problems, if you're ready to take simple steps to make lasting change, you've come to the right place. Ready to be inspired? This is the Stakeholder Enterprise. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy. In this episode, we're going to learn about Bernie Glassman, an interplanetary, aeronautical engineer turned Zen Buddhist baking social entrepreneur. We are also going to examine his social enterprise along with other social enterprises like it that are effectively addressing the problems of poverty and the shortage of livable wage jobs and the lack of purpose and meaning that many of us face today in our employment. Poverty. It's in no one's self-interest for poverty to exist. And if you're living in poverty, the consequences are horrific. 65% of the world lives in poverty today. 42% of Americans are poor, with 12% living below the poverty line and the remaining 30% living at or just above it. When you're poor, you're more likely to commit a crime, to be a victim of a crime. You're more likely to deal drugs, abuse drugs, abuse alcohol, abuse your spouse, abuse your kids. You're more likely to be a victim of physical abuse, a victim of sexual abuse. You're more likely to steal, to commit a violent crime. You're more likely to be a victim of theft, a victim of violence, and a victim of police brutality. When you're poor, you're more likely to have poor health. You're more likely to have a lack of healthy eating options, to live in a food desert, to have chronic illness such as type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and heart disease. When you are poor, you're more likely not to have safe areas to exercise. You're more likely to have an undiagnosed mental illness or an untreated mental illness. When you're poor, you're more likely to grow up without a father. You're more likely to grow up in foster care. You're more likely to have an abortion. When you're poor, you're more likely to live a shorter life. You're more likely to receive inadequate education. You're more likely to go to an overcrowded school, to fall through the cracks. You're more likely to drop out of school. Researchers from the University of California at San Francisco found that children that live in disadvantaged homes have less cortical surface area in their brains, have lower IQs, And less effective working memory. Compared to kids in middle-class homes with better educated parents, these children actually have more brain in regions that support language, reading, self-control, and visualizing with their mind's eye. Now these differences are not genetic in origin, researchers also found, but rather as a direct result from growing up in an impoverished, chaotic, and stressful environment. If you have parents that are abusing you, or abusing drugs and alcohol, are they really providing for your health, your well-being, and making sure your brain receives proper development from a good education? When you grow up poor, And lack in brain capacity, you become an adult that makes poor decisions. It's no wonder why when you are poor, you're more likely to commit a crime, to have a chronic illness, or to become a school dropout. Yeah, poverty is really horrific when you're poor. But it's horrible for everyone because we're all paying for it. Our social services have a workload that far exceeds capacity. Our police force is overworked and stretch far too thin. And it's easy for our health care systems to be overrun. So ask yourself, is it in my own self-interest to have more crime? Is it in my own self-interest to have the mentally ill camping on the streets? Is it in my own self-interest to have higher health care costs? There is hope. Since 1990, 1.2 billion people have been lifted out of extreme poverty globally. This was accomplished by economic development in countries with emerging markets such as India. Jobs. We need more Jobs. Now, there are plenty of jobs available in the United States. Just not enough jobs where people can earn a livable wage. Enter Bernie Glassman. Bernie was born in 1939 in Brooklyn, New York. He died in 2018. He had a background in engineering and a Ph.D. in applied mathematics from UCLA. He worked for the McDonnell Douglas Corporation for 16 years as an interplanetary aeronautical engineer. During that time, he felt a calling towards Zen Buddhism and found himself a Zen master to mentor him. In 1976, he was ordained as a Zen teacher. Upon becoming a teacher, he left his engineering job to practice Zen Buddhism full-time. In 1980, Bernie Glassman returned to his home state where he created the Zen community of New York. In 1982, in an effort to create jobs for his Zen students, he founded the Greyston Bakery. He quickly saw the potential of this bakery as a way to apply his beliefs of giving everyone around him a chance to better themselves, particularly the homeless and poverty-stricken. To break down the barriers of employment, he implemented an open hiring strategy. Here's how it works. If you want a job, you simply put your name on a list. And when that job becomes available, you get it. There's no resumes, no background checks, no drug tests. Once individuals complete their paid apprenticeship, They are offered full-time positions. They have a saying at the Greyston Bakery. It's, we don't hire people to bake brownies. We bake brownies to hire people. The bakery really took off in 1987 when they began supplying brownies for Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Giving individuals a living wage job was just the beginning for Bernie Glassman and the Greyston Bakery. Proceeds are not only reinvested back into the bakery, but are also distributed into their community development programs. For their employees, they offer a mentorship program, soft skills training, case management, and workforce development. In 2020, 1,350 new jobs were realized through their open hiring process, and 116 trainees completed their workforce development program where 70 percent of them went on to find better paying jobs thereby opening up new positions at the bakery also in 2020 11.2 million dollars went towards positive economic impact in their local community on top of that grayston has developed hundreds of low-cost permanent apartments a large childcare center, tenant support services, and an after school program providing a holistic support for families trying to come out of the cycle of poverty. In twenty twenty, Grayston served over seventeen thousand five hundred adults and children with their twelve community gardens in the Southwest Yonkers community in New York. So how can one company do so much good? through purpose. With his 16 years of experience working at a corporation and a PhD in applied mathematics, Bernie Glassman understood that if you want to have a successful business, you must spend less than you earn. However, his motivation wasn't profit, it was social purpose. At first, the purpose was to give jobs to his students. Then the purpose was to lift up members of his community out of poverty. And now the purpose is to keep people out of poverty by providing support for them and giving them a hand up to climb the economic ladder of prosperity. This is what social enterprises do. Not only are they started with a purpose, but by working for one, it's easy to find meaning and purpose in your own employment. Imagine waking up every morning knowing that by going to work, you are helping end poverty. In Gallup's most recent State of the American Workplace report, it found that only 33% of U.S. employees are engaged at work. On top of that, surveys highlighted by the American Institute of Stress found that 14% of respondents had felt like striking a coworker in the past year but didn't, 18% had experienced some sort of threat or verbal intimidation on the job, and 9% are aware of an assault or violent act in their workplace. Compare that to the open hires at the Greyston Bakery. They found purpose to improve their own lives at first, And later on, realize that by working there, they're improving their entire community. Imagine working for Tom's Shoes, an online designer shoe retailer that started out by giving one pair of shoes to a person in need for every one pair of shoes purchased in their online store. Now, they give one-third of their proceeds to what they call grassroots good. In 2021, they supported 20 communities, 43 community-based organizations by giving over $2 million in grants, positively impacting over 400,000 lives. Or how about working for the company Newman's Own that give all of their profits to charity? And Because of this business model, there are no cutting corners when it comes to making sure that their employees have a safe work environment or that they get paid a fair living wage or salary. As of 2017, the company has donated over half a billion dollars to charities. Social Enterprises Inspire The Grayston Bakery inspired three corporations to adopt their open hiring strategy. In 2020, The Body Shop saw a 60% reduction in their employee turnover rate at their North Carolina distribution center in the first year of implementing open hiring. Rhino Foods saw a 26% reduction in their employee turnover rate, and Giant Eagle reduced their time to hire from 30 days to just 7 being a social entrepreneur doesn't mean you have to live a thrifty life with modest means. According to a 2018 study published by the Oxford Review, found that people who believe that their life has meaning and purpose are significantly more likely to have higher levels of life satisfaction, higher levels of income, and a higher level of net worth, revealing that it is in every employee's own self-interest to work for a company that cares, like a small business, a social enterprise, or by becoming a social entrepreneur. Being a founder of a successful social enterprise will open up the world for you. In 1996, Bernie Glassman retired from Greyston to pursue his other passions, he wrote and co authored four books, including one with Oscar award winning actor Jeff Bridges called The Dude and the Zen Master. He also got to travel around the world as Mr. Yoohoo, bringing smiles and laughter with the organization Clowns Without Borders. Bernie Glassman didn't spend his time arguing or debating anyone online about how to solve any problems. He didn't spend his time raising funds for a political candidate or a political objective. He simply took action with the available resources he had to make the largest positive impact on his community, on humanity, possible. Social enterprises are not a niche sector in the market. According to the most recent findings in the 2012 Great Social Enterprise Census found that social enterprises generated 3.5% of the U.S. GDP that year. That's half a trillion dollars. Social enterprise is a global sector. It makes up 8% of France's GDP and 45% of Kenya's. It's in no one's self-interest for poverty to exist. And it's in all of our self-interest for social enterprise to flourish. So what about us? What simple steps can we take to make sustainable, lasting change? By voting and not the kind of voting you're thinking about. We vote every day with our dollars. We vote every time we go to the store, every time we go to the mall, every time we buy something online, we are voting with our dollars. And right now, we are voting for income inequality. We are voting to hurt the environment, and we are voting to hurt each other. But when we purchase something from a social enterprise, we are voting to help, to heal, to love. So buy local, support a small business, and when you're searching for something online, simply put social enterprise after the product's name. My name is Paul Lovejoy. Thanks for joining me. Stakeholder Enterprise is a limited series podcast and an activist investment advisory firm. Our mission to create a community of financial activists, and to guide them into reforming our unjust financial system by being the change they wish to see in the world, so that the generation being born today will have a market-based economy that looks out for the well-being of ourselves, each other, and our planet's finite resources. If you'd like to discover the three steps to reform our unjust financial system legally, ethically, And without confrontation, visit stakeholderenterprise.com. Finally, if you're looking to do some seasonal holiday shopping, visit toastinggood.com. It's powered by the Social Enterprise Alliance, which I have been a member since March of 2016.